0: hey everyone welcome to the bulwarks live event i'm jvl here with my best friend ever tim miller of the bulwark and joined by two other very good friends tom nichols of the atlantic and ben smith from semaphore totally by surprise
1: honored to be here
0: it's uh you guys look like the stepbrothers you know did did we just become best friends it's uh, uh all right i'll just start it off that was way more depressing than i was prepared for and I don't know if I can fucking do this for another fifteen months. I'll just lay it out there: the prospect I, I of sitting you, through another twelve. 12- this is why Ben
2: is here. We're thinking about replacing you. I just thought CNN. you were saying you can't do
0: out. this for the next hour. I. Good God! Uh, all right, so I'll, you know what, uh, Tom? This was the Vivek debate. Yes, is that is that fair to say? Well, Elon Musk, Lord I Musk, just was- tweeted that he's very intrigued by by that Vivek. Uh, Vivek seemed to be in the middle of everything tell me what you what you thought
3: I think this is the debate where um, the jocks and the artistic uh, drama club kids and the nerds and the zoomers and the dweebies and everybody agreed that Vivek's the most annoying person in high school um, because they all clearly hated him um, but but he he's just I mean the one and I said this you know tweeted this out he, he made everyone else look normal, even DeSantis, because he, he has that kind of hyper-caffeinated, the, te- the big teeth, kind of the big, over, overly big smile, the, um, the Peter Navarro hands, right? You know, with the hands going. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, Ron DeSantis had to be sitting there and saying, thank God for this guy, uh, because DeSantis did not manage to look normal for most of the evening, um, but yeah. I mean, in that sense, the 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 if if the only thing you remember is who kind of really sort of was like nails on a blackboard, then yeah, it was the it was the Vivek
0: debate. I I don't I don't nails know. on a blackboard for who though? Yeah, I have a for contrarian view to Pence, that. Maybe if, right. If
2: Tom Nichols was really annoyed by Vivek, I think we can just go ahead and anoint Vivek the winner what? of that of that debate because Tom Nichols is not Fair. exactly in tune with the median primary voter, and so. Yeah. Yeah, on the merits, like climate change being a hoax, Donald Trump being the greatest president of all time, no pardons, like, uh, you know, uh, bring back insane asylums, Uh, you know, on the policy merits, Vivek wasn't exactly, you know, tickling my pickle. Uh, But as far as where like the party is now, I mean, we'll, we'll see how everything turns out. I noticed Charlie Kirk also endorsed Vivek coming out of this. I think Vivek was in MAGA color and these other guys were like in black and white and 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 there had that hand raised question on Ukraine which i think could be the key image like should we stop funding Ukraine Vivek is the only one raising his hand that's a he's 71% like issue that's a 71% republican issue i mean it's morally bankrupt it's totally wrong but but the, he, so he's alone that sounds very familiar to something that I experienced in 2016. A, a One guy alone saying crazy stuff that all the people in the, not in the audience,
3: audience and, played. And, and a, yeah, and a lot like of... I'm, I'm going to raise lo- my hand like Vivek and just say my annoyance was not based on the stuff he said, which was annoying. I just find his whole kind of me and his whole sort of presence just you know in, like chewing tinfoil the stuff he said was a kind of added bonus of being nuts but i totally agree with you that that half the stuff he said like makes him the possible dark horse and a prohibitive vp favorite at this point
1: That's yeah, yeah there was like a kind of millennial high school debater energy there that that may perhaps we find annoying, but like a debate about Vivek Ramaswamy that we followed by us talking about Vivek Ramaswamy is like God's gift of Vivek. I mean, but I do think what Tim said, like that beginning of the debate when the moderators are asking about how you're going to handle the debt, and these Republicans are so comfortable reciting these kind of time-worn lines <laughs> about debt reduction and the government,
0: small government. And then it was they that just there's this cut, there's fiscal this, responsibility,
1: there's this pre trump Republican Party and this post-Trump Republican Party. And a lot of that debate was sort of conducted in the past.
0: So that was weird, wasn't it? The extent to which we spent the first 30 minutes of the debate talking about small government and cutting government programs. And that was like the zombie Reagan portion of the debate, which I mean, a lot of this debate felt like Earth 2, right? The, the the world in which Donald Trump doesn't exist. We did get 11 minutes, a whole 11 minutes on Trump. But other than that, uh, we went the first 50 minutes with Trump only being mentioned twice, and even then only sort of in passing, once by Pence, one by, once by Nikki. Uh, and like the lessons of Trumpism, which are like, you know, I will not touch your social security. I will not touch your disability benefits. Those Those things are you know, it's like nobody else on stage outside of Vivek really understood them.
1: Yeah, uh, Vivek was the stand I mean, the reason Vivek dominated the debate was because he was the stand-in for Trump.
0: Right. Well, and here's here's what I picked up on this, right? So one of the things, if you think back to 2016, and Tom, while we're doing this, can you turn your volume up a little bit on your mic because you're a little soft for us? Um, Trump, Trump's thing was, in 2016, everything is going to hell, American carnage, And all of this can be solved so easily. The only reason it hasn't been solved is because the people in Washington are idiots. That is exactly what Vivek is doing, right? I mean, Tim Scott and Mike Pence are doing their, you know, greatest America, greatest country in God's green earth, et cetera. And Vivek is saying, no, everything is terrible. And it's easy to fix Ukraine. And it's easy to fix the border. And it's easy to fix it. The problem is that all these people are idiots. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, that sounds like something that Republicans like hearing.
2: Can I just be out of character on this for one second, yeah. just be earnest? It was nice when Mike Pence was up there saying, America is great, you know, and the problem is our leaders and our people are great. And a lot of things are going for us. And Vivek, you're wrong about this. We're not in a civil war times. Like, uh, you know, we can, you know, pull ourselves. like there, that. I. It was a little bit heartwarming. Like, uh, Tim, like, Ernest Tim it was like, yeah, thank, I'm happy that Mike Pence is on the stage to say that and to say that he did the right thing i have no idea why he's running or what he hopes to get out of it but like having that person on there made this debate for me like a little more delicious and interesting like if he was not there it would have been
1: totally depressing i had a mike pence moment like that (laughs) at the iowa state fair last week where a democrat was you know earnestly yelling at him about something and he took the question answered back and then he said you know i'm gonna run i'm running for president to get the votes of democrats and republicans and trust me i'm gonna get them all (laughs) and it was like that's so nice. Um, can you guys hear me now is that better yeah, yeah.
0: yeah much better right. much better
1: so, um, tom tell me what you think
0: about about ron d well, Did uh, did rd did, what what were your
3: there i mean first of all you know as a former staff guy i will say I, one thing that always strikes me about all of these guys with you know with a few exceptions <laughs> they're over prepped i mean ben every answer was he was right re- and you know I, I i said it's like you take those little star trek sets Stick him in the back of his head, push the button, and he goes. Um, Tim Scott, all of them, you know, the just in terms of the heartwarming conservative moments. Hutchinson, Pence's speech, which I thought was very nice, um, and Doug Burgum, who's like the Tenth Amendment actually matters you can't actually legislate these things nationally and i was like wow no one gives a shit about that but it was a cool thing to say because i've suddenly felt like wow this is how i felt is this how i felt in 1982 you know um you know wow i can't have that feeling in 40 years um but
2: i think um the you liked the, that the, you liked that we're going from OPEC to sign OPEC line Tom that was really well, clicking I, I for mean you. look you know I'm I'm I'm
3: if I if somebody said to me you have to pick one of these eight guys and just put him in the White House right now and say I, maybe Doug Burgum because he seems like a normal human being um but um uh, with with DeSantis I, he's you know as always he didn't he seems uncomfortable he didn't seem to relate to anybody else on stage I mean he doesn't have say what you want about Christie, but Christie's always in the moment, right? He's there. He's got that. Hey, how are you? You know, not for nothing, but the lines over there, you know, that kind of, that kind of ambience to him. Um DeSantis I I think is just showing why people just can't connect to the guy, even though he had some big applause lines because he hits those marks and maybe that'll, that'll be enough to carry him through to being a really strong second place, you know, finish. Yeah. Just really quick, I, I'll
2: work? let you go. I thought DeSantis' debate was two words. Ted Cruz's debate from last time. Total, hit the marks. He's totally in a
1: fine position. But like, what did he do to help himself? Ted Cruz finished a distant second. Sorry to interrupt. interrupt. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on your theory of the case. The first debate, he did fine. I think people probably liked it when he told the moderators to shut up and try to stop trying to corner him with gimmicky questions. Yeah. Um, And I think their theory of the case is that when the smoke eventually clears real voters, particularly I will look around and say, none of these people are going to be president, Vivek, whatever, like all that's going away. He'll still be there. And he's and if he can just keep putting one foot in front of the other, which is barely, barely doing at this point, that there's a moment when he's head to head with Trump and people consolidate behind him. I think that's his theory. He's. I, don't, I mean, I don't think he did himself any harm.
2: Yeah, That's, it. was that Ted Cruz's theory funny. also. So that aligns yeah, with my, my point. Yeah,
3: He was trying to grab the, the Newt Gingrich lane to see if he could yeah. kind of catch a South Carolina moment, right? I'm going to trash the media. No matter what this question was about, I'm going to trash the media and see if that catches fire. And I, I don't think it
1: did. I he had, I had one really it, bad but... moment, which I'm not sure if you guys noticed, because I only saw it afterward. But when they asked about the um, the hand raise, raise hands if you support if if you think Trump should um, what even was it? It was a Trump hand raise. It race, was. But, it was. Will you vote for Trump if he, convict vote for he if he's convicted? And you know, six hit or five hands shoot up, and yeah, there's a, stay there down, two like. hands stay down, and there's this little pause, and then Desantis kind of like. And, and that's—I don't know—that that struck me as a really bad piece of video that we'll probably see some more of. And, and you know, you never know in this moment, particularly in this kind of splintered Twitter environment, like what the consensus will be post-debate. I do think that might be it also. Like, what
2: are the Alex Bruskiewicz people? Like, the, what are your friend Benny Johnson? Like, what yeah. are they tweeting? Like, it's hard like, to, net, you, what, you know, what I, yeah. you, have to, you have to, I have to like now when I'm going home, like, go listen to Candace's Owens podcast again yeah. to make sure that my assumptions are right. But what you did mean, anybody do like, to God, help God.
3: themselves? At all in terms of the overall debate. You know, John, uh, Jonathan, you were saying, well, we went 15 minutes. You know, part of what this debate was, people, uh, certainly people like me, I think, tuned in, but I think a lot of people tuned in to say, who's going to? who's going to beat up on whom and when do they talk about trump this party the republican party is a post policy party nobody cares about policy nobody cares yeah. about deficits nobody cares i thought nikki haley had a super strong moment on abortion for one shining moment of you know kind of i think she's where the american public is and that's great for a general election but probably not here and then you know other candidates had a great opportunity to just not say anything um but again what how does this move anything where Trump is concerned? And I guess here's my wish casting for a moment. I was kind of, I was tuning in to say, is there one guy who says, look, maybe it was supposed to be Christie or Hutchinson or somebody. Was there somebody who was going to say, look, I know I can't win this. I know none of us are going to win this, but I'm going to, I came to this debate to tell the, tell the Republican party a, a moral truth here. Now Christie got close to it with the, oh, I know you're booing. He had like the, he was like the Will Heard stand in, right? You know, booing doesn't change anything. But they all just chickened out and said, "No, I'm running as if as if it's really possible that I'm going to dislodge Donald Trump at some point." And I think I have Fox to I, have to,
2: out Chris the, I, I have to mention about my friend Chris Christie. Sorry, I do have to mention out my friend Chris Christie that he was supposed. I thought that the theory of his presidency was that he was going to show or his campaign was going to be just going to show up to these debates and just dominate and own Donald Trump and own. I I think Vivek got the best better of him in their one yeah. exchange, which doesn't give me a lot of hope if he ever did get next. To Trump on stage. And, and I thought that his Trump attacks were fine and right, but kind of weak. Like I, to me, Nikki was like the person that seemed like an adult that that has a couple of criticisms of trump she didn't make the moral case that you're talking about tom I, you know this is we're grading on a huge curve here but like if you're looking for like who wins the normie lane maybe nikki helps herself now what does this get you uh, nothing like a bronze medal or something 5%. i do think she was better than scott and better than christy and if you you know add all their numbers up that's like
1: 15 maybe you see a little something from her was, but why yeah I'm, I'm surprised we haven't talked about her yet i agree like she I was, yeah, I I was watching the debate with like a Republican woman who, who was like, whoa, I really love her. Like, just like the way she, there was, she was talking, she was speaking, she also just speaking normal English in a way that most of them weren't when she, like, she was, you know, I thought, I thought her abortion riff again, like, I don't, I don't know how, I'm not sure how much of the Republican primary electorate is there. I think probably a lot of Trump supporters though, are there, or where she is on abortion is sure. also probably was, where I Trump is. Thought
3: Tim Scott was kind of. I, I thought Tim Scott's thing was to be avuncular and calm and sort of every the guy everybody likes, and he really came across as kind of. And I was surprised because I wasn't expecting it. I think he kind kind of came across as sort of grating and
2: even a he little nasty in places. He looked nervous. Yeah. If I was could. Larry Ellison and I would spent 60 million on him, I'd be, I would have been kind of thinking about the yachts I could have bought with that 60 mil. Yeah, <laughs> You can't even buy a yacht with that anymore. Don't worry about it.
1: So, am sorry. Is there, a, is there a semi of rich guy
2: <laughs> vertical now? I don't know. I don't exactly know all your verticals. Yeah, is that's there like a, a billionaire?
1: Coming soon. How to spend it. When yeah.
0: Do do we think Nikki gets a second look from the donor types who are panicking about DeSantis yes. and now look at Scott and go, hey, hold on, wait a minute.
1: Why yeah, do we I think, think, she think gets he's better real, than she is? She has not had a single breath of oxygen this whole campaign. And she's a very, very talented politician who you never know, right? Like she is somebody who... Can seize an opportunity, can run with it, and she's obviously going to get a real look now. I think.
2: Can I make a childish point really quick? Tom, this is your Alley. Then you can go. Ron is on Fox right now. He just has a weird face. Who, who and I just ben? don't, he just has a weird face. Oh. Ron, ron tiny D. Yep. Um, D Santa season. Yep. I'm sorry, Ben, I know that you're a straight journalist. Um, so just shake <laughs> your head at me. Um, but he has a weird face.
1: Yeah, in many senses of that.
2: Yeah, all senses. He has a weird face. When I was in Iowa, I'd take pictures of him and it's impossible to get a good picture of him. And, I, you know, I, I just, I, I do think that's a problem for him. I thought he hit his marks, but like you can't
1: get past the fact that he makes weird faces. Perhaps more important than Tim's sort of like ableism or whatever this is, um, is that Fox News has just switched to Ron DeSantis. What's happening behind us on, on TV is that Fox News just has Ron DeSantis on and he's going to talk for a while. And... I mean, I do think in some ways, you know, Rupert Murdoch really does exercise a lot of control over the network personally. And I think a lot of what you were seeing was what does Rupert Murdoch personally care about? A lot of the old timey sepia-toned Republican stuff is the old priorities of the Murdoch family. I think they seem to still like Ron DeSantis because right now Sean Hannity is just going to like give Ron DeSantis a bunch of airtime. And that's just a programming choice by Fox.
3: Well, Tim, about your point about Ron DeSantis, I deleted a tweet some time ago saying, you know, it was nasty because he did get that weird kind of unhinged snake jaw laugh going. And I said, you know, it's not fair. People take bad pictures. We all get caught poorly. But but you're right. Ever since, I just, there's no good pictures. I mean, it's just they're all like that. Um, and and on the Nikki Haley point, I will eat a little crow here. So I'm the guy that when she announced, I said, why is Nikki Haley running? This is an absolutely pointless campaign. You know, not I wasn't for or against. I just said that, in you know, the reality of the Republican Party. But I think you're right. I think that after tonight, people might look and say, well, Okay, you know, this was the one of the like you say, you know, it's the normie lane. I also think from what you guys are saying about Murdoch, um, I I thought Fox had its finger on the scale tonight. I mean, I just felt like. Absolutely. I was just going to ask you guys about that. And I'm 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 inclined, I'm disinclined to kind of like any of these people as, you know, um, an apostate Republican. But it definitely felt like they were saving Ron DeSantis from himself.
0: Governor DeSantis, tell us why this country song is so deeply important to people. Chris Christie, your bond rating went down 20 years ago. Answer for that. Right out of the bucket. What the fuck? Right Those are the first the two bucket. questions. Those are literally, literally the, first the first two, two questions. questions. Those are the first two questions.
3: DeSantis, can you tell us something about military service? Oh, well, you
0: know, um, funny you should you know. I was deployed Governor with Christie, the Navy SEALs, which basically yes. makes me a Navy SEAL, which he did like twice. Meanwhile, uh, Governor
3: Christie, can you please explain why the cigarettes controls you and won't let you yeah. talk about the UFOs?
0: Yeah. It was the extent to which Fox is worse than I thought or remember i mean i i don't watch any cable news i don't think i've watched fox coverage of anything for like two years uh holy shit it was bad like really really The three minute
2: intro was weird i'm interested in your take on it like the three minute intro was a different was different than it used to be I, i just putting everything else aside like it was very strange and it was like uh, the debate started they're all on stage and then they play like a 90 minute sizzle reel on why joe biden is terrible and then they play the <laughs> rich man from richmond song for another minute so the debate starts with three minutes of propaganda i like the, the
1: rich man from richmond thing because that was an attempt <laughs> to move them into the present into trump space right until yes. like like something that felt like Donald Trump's party, and they basically ignored it and went back into into kind of Reagan world or whatever. But um,
0: well, they went they went to cutting spending. But that, I don't know. But I think I think from
1: that to cutting spending. I think if you're if you're the RNC, certainly you're pleased that Fox kept the wheel. I mean, these things can go really off the rails. They did not. I think Brett Baird did a- Fairly solid. job. I mean, the the extent to which these things can be way worse than this, I think you're underestimating. You guys talked about the Normie and Wait, mean, I want to know how. You this can watch could television have been in worse. three years <laughs> in your basement, Jonathan. <laughs> how, this is just television. Uh,
3: wh- where where could it? Where could the wheels have come off? I mean, I suppose they
1: could have all had a fist fight, but they actually occasionally drew them out on substantive disagreements on meaningful questions. That's literally the only thing you can possibly do in these debates, and they usually don't. So I don't know. That, it that is was different. Fine. Though,
0: I mean, think back four years though to the Democratic versions of these where all they, they'd spend like 40 minutes litigating the tiniest details of healthcare policy proposals. <laughs> yes. And then like, well, you know, well, hold on. Your proposal says you're only gonna bring in coverage for an extra seven million people. And you get to the Republican world. It is as Tom said, it's post-policy.
2: Yeah. The like, abortion not, you know, exchange was the one actually one that was pretty was it the, was the only exchange that was like interesting in that there was there was some substantive disagreement and they kind of went back and forth and uh you know that was like the only traditional policy debate exchange yes, and, so and fact that did, did really try to draw them out on that anyway and, yes. and also
3: i had a you guys were talking earlier about warming your heart with you know pence talking about a government worthy of us pence and haley talking about ukraine where I was like, oh yeah, I remember I remember when Republicans used to talk this way and Democrats didn't. But I think one of the things that came out of that, and and this is, you know, we keep coming back to to Ramaswamy, but it it shows you how much the Republicans have become a countercultural party, a countercultural movement. That whatever it, the majority of Americans, whatever most people think is common sense and basically decent and sort of normal, that they that there's a whole strain of the Republican is just against it, because that must be where you know, the elites are or where, you know, the
1: coastal people are. I mean, that's the Republican Party that opposed, you know, U.S. entry into the Second World War. That's a deep, deep American tradition in that. I
0: ain't going to wear your slave (laughs) masks. I ain't going (laughs) to take your vaccine with your microchips from Bill Gates. No way, sir.
3: Uh, And Uh, I have to disagree with you. I don't think that's the same kind of I mean, it's not. What's going on with Ukraine is not the strain of isolationism that, you know, goes back to 1938 or 1939. It's almost like because so many people in America think this way, because most people in America do support it. It's like the cool thing is that you have to be against it um, in a way that is almost I mean, when you listen to Republicans talk about Ukraine, they sound like the, the hard left.
1: Of the midst right, it's reactionary in a literal it's sense. Reaction, it's reactionary.
3: Yeah. It's not punk sort of, rock. We're Americans, and America's better than other places. And we just stay at home and we mind our business. It's that's not what it's about. That these are these attacks on Zelensky and the kind of weird, you know, Soros came up. I mean, all this weirdness is really a countercultural movement. That that I I'm just gonna put that marker down and say this is not you know Bob Taft 2.0. But
1: maybe it's Charles Lindbergh.
0: all right on that uh this is a little longer than i thought me and bill and Mona are gonna be doing a a long thing on this for bulwark plus members tomorrow night uh in which we will say totally different things maybe me and ben are going on msnbc right now
2: so people guys go
0: have fun go tune into ms uh tom thanks for coming out buddy i appreciate it ben it was great to see you great to see you jonathan go have fun bye guys